This week, we're no longer the worst Queensland team. We venture into the den of the dogs, and the Talmanator peeks out from behind the mash tent. We are on the ranch. Well, welcome back to On the Ranch. It's been a couple of weeks since we had a show, thanks to some uh, minor logistical issues uh, last week. Uh, Pistol, the man in front of me, was out of town, and the tech man on this side had trouble <laughs> putting things together. It was about 9.30 at night before I could uh, get anything going there, and by then I think both our brains were fried. So We do apologize for last week's scoops, not giving you all the information that you've come to know and trust but uh, we're back on board and we're raring to go for another installment this is absolutely the place to come to for your breaking news i am rob this is on the ranch and in front of me is pistol we've already spoken uh this is well i've got this list as episode six because last week was actually episode six but Uh, we weren't here for last week so so that would make this week number six even though it's week seven well, let's make it episode seven, and we'll just call it the missing episode six. And we'll have like a buy around. We could call it that. Yeah, right. However, okay. we can get uh, two points. I have to just quickly apologise for our match highlight clips this week. Uh, I could only pull them from the New Zealand broadcast, and uh, if you've ever sat and watched <laughs> a Warriors game in Mount Smart... How good's Daryl Halligan? <laughs> They are very, very heavily biased in a certain direction. And I mean, you know, they they have that's their prerogative. It's their show. Go for it. But it's a it gets a bit hard to watch after eighty minutes. Uh they certainly like an RTS try, I can tell you that. They like a sidestep as well, a <laughs> flick pass. They like a little bat back. They like a little grubber kick that goes dead, which oh, almost pulled up. Oh they also like a close forty twenty. They also like just a tackle. <laughs> They're pretty excitable. The Superboot Halligan, he <laughs> likes it all. <laughs> they are pretty excitable, uh, but only for their own guys, understandably. I really liked it when, back in the day, when Halligan was commentating the Warrior Games and it was, Ali Lawatiti to Jerry, see you, see you. I thought that was like comedy gold. <laughs> Harris Tavita, Veal, now Malmalo to the corner. Malmalo's going to get there. Well, it opened up for Ken Malmalo. Right, well, we have plenty of welcome comments for Kurt Baptiste making the squad, and there's a very good point brought up by Sean Kavanagh from uh, from round five. He said, uh, it's about time we had a pure hooker on the bench, the first time since Cost Jason and Tawala a great inclusion too. Couldn't agree more, Sean. Having Cost Jason on the bench took uh, took a lot of pressure off Granville, and in 2015, obviously, that uh, that went well. In 2016, it did as well. We missed him in 2017. He Granville was, was started and 18. Granville was effectively playing the full 80. Playing full 80s. You, I, I think you had a couple of little fix-it players in there. But I know Asiata stepped in once or twice. but um, Yeah, to have a to have a replacement hooker. Uh, I remember when when we started to hit our straps and we started to rise even back with the, the final series of 04 and 05 as well. You had people like Fayumu coming on, Farron Payne. Just adding a bit of spark and just giving you 
your mainstay hook or a bit of a break because you do need that service. I know that there's a few 80-minute hookers in the game like Smithy and uh, Jake Friend and even Farrah can as well. Uh, I find Granville's best effective at about a 60- to 65-minute player uh, just to give him that little break. I don't think he's quite that 80-minute player that, that we would like to have, but I'd rather him in the team over over an 80-minute Granville anyway. So by having Baptiste on the bench there, uh, that's definitely been a great a great uh, relief and inclusion for for our spine moving forward. I think it might have put a bit of pressure on Granville as well in a, in a positive way. Granville certainly played a lot better last week against the Warriors. Yeah. A lot more dummy half runs compared to previous weeks. Yeah, and also Baptiste played... Uh, the week or so prior against the Storm as well and crowded that relief and also gave us guys a bit more injection. And not only that, but Baptiste can also slide in and play second row and, and take a few hit-up metres with him as well. So I'm all, I'm all for seeing him on the bench, to be honest. Indeed. Another <laughs> another one on the postman's goat here. Just want to... Um, I'll get shot if I don't. Uh, a bloke called A. Cook. How is it that I shared all your posts and did not get a mention this week? <laughs> Sorry, Cookie, but uh, we we must have uh, foreseen that one. And uh, here's your here's your accolades, buddy. Hope you're doing well, and uh, we'll see you on Saturday. Now get on iTunes, give us a five star review. Full <laughs> <laughs> time back rower there. Here's Toy Master Sheik. Look out! Right, so a quick look at round five since we missed it last week. We uh, obviously hosted the Storm here at 1300 Smile Stadium, going down 12 points to 18. I tell you what, though, we were absolutely in this game, I think, until probably the 60th minute. I would say even the 70th. We we definitely stayed in the fight, which was a, a welcoming relief. Uh, I was talking to a lot of um, people during the week at work and and even, uh, even some one-eyed supporters said, nah, you won't stand a chance. Melbourne's going to come out and put 50 on you. They almost got beaten by the dogs the week before. Bellamy will have them up for it. We we turned it on. There was just some some unneeded pressure passing that happened in that game, which kept inviting the storm back, and in the end, they made us pay for it. So I think uh, if we were to play that same team again in three weeks from now, I reckon you'd see a different result, personally. We had a, a better completion rate on the night and better possession as well, so it was sort of disappointing to go down by that six points. Everyone missed conversions as well. It, it was sort of was a storm on an off night. Uh, it's just a shame that they got away with that extra six points. But uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if storm, maybe it's just me being a bit not on them. But they came up and they lost by two points in Melbourne against the Wooden Spooners at this stage in the Bulldogs in what would have been Cam Smith's record-breaking game. They then came up here and almost lost it to to us who had been sitting, what, 15th or so at the time. Mm-hmm. Then they've played the Roosters last week 
and got 20 put on them in the first half. Admittedly, they came back in the second and it became golden point. Are we giving the Storm too much of a credit at being the benchmark in the competition? Or are they just finding ways to win games to stop people looking at their uh, not so much indestructible defence? Well, two points is two points. So any way you can win a game is a way to win a game. How they go about it is is questionable. But I think when you go five to six rounds without, you know, undefeated True. at the start of the season, they've got the right accolades. Even if you win by two points, four points, one point. And and, and that is that is a big difference. When you've got that winning culture out of place, I think you'll find us on the rise here. I said it after we beat Warriors or even before we played Warriors. If we beat them, I think you'll see us going on at least a five to ten game winning streak. And all of a sudden, that changes your season. You stay injury free, we're going to get a couple of troops back on deck. Now, the Roosters, I think they're they're probably the benchmark when I say injury in the fact that they lost Hargraves, they've lost Friend, and they've lost a couple others, yet they still find ways to win games. I think if you take someone like Smith or Munster out of the storm, how well do they cope? In that game, Josh Maguire was pretty much a standout for the Cowboys, 162 metres. Uh, closely followed by Matt Scott, 141 metres for... Yeah, he's, for, starting, uh, he's starting to rise back. I think you'll find now with Scotty. And it can't be easy being in the front row. And I think when you see with Matt Scott, he's come back from knee injuries and neck injuries and any other back injuries as well. I think the first couple of weeks to the to the season was sort of like dipping your toes in the water, seeing how cold it was before you actually dived in. (laughs) (laughs) I think now Matt's back to a contentmentship in his his game where... Contentmentship. A contentmentship. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a a new new word word. I've I've made up. Beautiful. Just roll with it. it. It's like a... Just run with it. And I think you'll find with Matt, that game, and then also he took it to the Warriors as well. So I don't think he'd look out of place in a Maroons jersey. Oh, mm. well, probably need all we can need all the help we can get there at the at the moment. And Clifford, oh, Clifford spies again. He's almost through. Great pass, and it's Hiss who's gone over and scored the try. So moving on to the round six. Uh, review the Warriors hosting the Cowboys at Mount Smart Stadium. 11,395 screaming Warriors fans in attendance. It's probably, I don't know if there were too many Cowboys over there. I'd... You touched on in the postman's go to uh, post here by Sean Kavanagh. There was a clip after the Cowboys' first try of his parents sitting in the stands. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> In full cowboy gear. Good, good. Very I good. I sent them a message saying, oh, yeah, you're not too excited that the Cowboys just scored. The response was, it's bloody cold over here. We need coffee. <laughs> I said, get some rum. Either way, there's at least definitely two Cowboy supporters in the stands, but definitely a Mount Smart joker. Well, there seems there actually normally is quite a few Cowboys fans in New Zealand, and there's... Strangely, a lot of Warriors fans in Townsville too. If you look around, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird ratio. It is, it is. Cowboys, of course, coming out winners, seventeen points to ten over the Warriors. Warriors tries to Mamalo and RTS, of course, 
and goals one from two from Harris DeVito. The Cowboys tries from O'Neill and Hess. Two from two kicks from Kahu. Two from two penalty goals from Kahu. And Good a size. horribly, horribly shaped but successful field goal to Michael Morgan to seal the game. Doesn't matter how it goes over as long as it goes over. I don't think anybody thought that actually went over until <laughs> the ref's arm went up. Look, it went in, didn't it? It first, did. First time. First time every time. <laughs> I think this was a good back and forth game, but man, there were some poor skills shown by both teams. I can understand the our boys in that being from the tropics of a paltry 28 degrees to a weather condition of maybe minus six. That might be an understatement there. <laughs> uh, I can give our boys a little bit of relaxing on that, but still it was, wasn't the greatest of handling errors from both teams. Well, the Warriors with 12 errors and the Cowboys with seven. Still 25 missed tackles for the Cowboys. That's still a weak point for us. Uh, we still can't pick up some tackles that they absolutely should be making. I think. I think you'll find a lot of it comes from second phase play where the ball is all but wrapped up. Somehow a pass gets popped and there's another 10 to 15 plus with a a diving ankle tap is still classed as a missed tackle. A lot of our tackles seem to miss the offloads. We don't seem to wrap up the ball. I've, no. found, I've found that a lot. Uh, we can't wrap up. They don't seem to be able to wrap up the player and prevent those offloads. Jake Clifford actually missed five tackles and Michael Morgan three uh, against two and one for everyone else. So... I think you'll find that with those missed tackles, you're putting yourself in a position to make the tackle. So you're gonna you're gonna miss more if you're putting yourself out there to make them. If that makes sense, it does. It was like if you have a look at a a Jonathan Thurston missed tackle count, he might have a missed tackles of twenty a game or whatever. It is, but yeah. he's a, he's a player that will put himself in a spot to at least attempt to make that tackle. And he used to always... Where, where 99 out of 100 other players wouldn't even bother trying to get in front. Thurston would also put himself in front of a player in order to take the hit and slow that player down. That's right. For other players to which then is still, Which is then classed tackle. as a missed tackle. I think you'll find that sort of with those stats of Morgo and Clifford with their missed, they're actually putting themselves in a position to to stop a play You could as be right there. You could be right. I mean, it has happened before. It's not often that I'm <laughs> wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were wrong once, but you were mistaken. I was highly mistaken. There was uh, certainly more heart shown in this game than in previous weeks. Uh, there was the, uh, a line break by Fusatua, and pretty much every cowboy turned around to uh, to chase him. So that's you know, better than we've seen in previous weeks where everyone just sort of went heads down and arms and yeah. arms on hips. But, um, so well, that was a lot better to see. And with that as well, there was also a line break made by Tuovas Shek, and it was one-on-one with Martin where I was expecting the big goosey step sidestep and run around Martin. Instead, he's taken it and passed to to his centre. I think it was Qatar. It might have been for Satua. And O'Neill was running back and actually made the intercept yeah, to was... lock that down as well. So a lot of heart, and I think that's that's just the start of the beginnings and the rise of the North. <laughs> well, Josh Maguire was again a standout in this game. It seems to he's just taken that thirteen and quite literally run with it. Two hundred and two running meters 
against the Warriors with 43 tackles and three tackle breaks. Some some unbelievable, well, not unbelievable figures, but some good-to-see figures from Josh Maguire, especially in the absence of the Talmanator, uh, which we'll, we'll come back to a little bit later. He's, he's, uh, he's, almost, out he's from, almost primed. Picking out from behind the curtain. And, uh, and with that, too, he's also getting support, as we touched on just before, with Big Thumper as well, and also McLean. And Cooper is starting to run with him. You're starting to see some of the, yeah, yeah. Some of, more of the, the back line and even the backs yeah. running up with him, yes. looking for that offload. Because if there's following one, him through. And there's one thing Maguire certainly had at the Broncos. Is a good offload. Is a good offload. Uh, he hasn't quite been able to show too many of them this year, but uh, probably because most of our players haven't been keeping up <laughs> with him. But, oh, you just take the ball and yeah, run. We'll, we'll, I be, think we'll be ready for the next play. If they can uh, catch up with that and we start seeing some offloads, I think in broken play, Cowboys tend to go very well in the broken play. That's the best way I can phrase that. <laughs> so 56% possession and 88% completion for the Cowboys was uh, certainly edged it our way. We probably should have had more points than uh, in 17, really. But um, Morgan's 40-20s, uh, for, I think for the most part, they've been a really strong point this year. We've had probably one in in each game for the last couple of weeks. Well, we scored off his 40-20, didn't we? This wasn't, week? That, wasn't that the first, uh, or was it a different scrum feed? I, I'm, oh, no, it was when... No, um, different scrum yeah, feed. Yeah, it was uh, Roger Tua that yeah. knocked on that yeah, yeah, yeah. But they certainly, in any case, have helped apply pressure to the opposition, which Cowboys tend to not, or haven't been doing for the last probably 18 months or so. But that's definitely been helping. Morgan's kicking game is on point. It's starting to get to that level. Like, I, know, I know it's only one game, fans, but it has been six weeks already in the making. Now, we were delivered a lot of promise in the off-season, and I think you just find that it's starting to be the tip of the iceberg where it's starting to click into places. And Morgo's kicking game is one of them where he's, the last few weeks, he's really been on point. He kicked a 40-20 against Melbourne, not to not to forget that. And that's not easy to do against that side, so... I think we'll see another one or two this week. So the Warriors will still have an opportunity here. They're running it from the scrum. Here comes Carter to push it to one. Oh, yes! The lead runner contacts the defender on the outside shoulder, preventing him from coming forward to make a shot at the tackle. We have a decision. Well, round seven preview. The Bulldogs are hosting the Cowboys at ANZ Stadium on Friday night. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Prime time game. Well, not really. Now think, that, but that's the that's the better time. I think that's a better time. That's the better time. The second game you is... Get to, you get to come home from work, you get to walk the dog, maybe get a bit of kernel on the way home, <laughs> or whatever it is that you want to have. Or, well, we're not sponsored by kernel, so... A homemade spaghetti bowl. Either way, don't mind a bit of that. That six pm game is great. You know, you just by the time you, it's almost quarter to six. You've done everything, and you can go. Oh, it's like the weekend. You've had a couple of little pigs ears. You might have a little rumbos to lighten your mood a little bit and warm the heart. And watch us go out to A and Z, where we're going to make our assault in a must-win game. But the importance of this game is that we are playing the dogs who are unpredictable. 
yet we need a big score to boost our for and against record. They are unpredictable and there's no massive sort of standouts in their team. Well, I don't think so. I think I think you'll find Reese Martin. He's he's a local boy up here. He's been playing the house downs for the dogs. He's been working his backside off for no avail. Um I don't know. They've got a few a few good players there. I know Tolman's been carting it up. Uh, their fullback as well. But it's not clicking for them is, is it, really what's going on. It's not. I think um, at this stage you could almost throw in someone like Rod Silver, Hazmel Masri, Daryl Halligan, even Martin Bella, and they might put up a better fight than the dogs have been doing. <laughs> well, this will be the 30, 38th game against the Bulldogs. And uh, they've taken the chocolates uh, 22 times against our 15 over the last couple of years. It was a vastly different team to last year, at least, even. Yeah. And Dean Pay is, doesn't seem to be getting that team to click too well. They're still coming in with a fight, though, and be wary, the wounded bulldog. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you'll find that with our boys and just the confidence of a, of a Warriors win plus staying in the fight against the Storm, our muscle up front's just going to be one where you're going to see it reach a new height this week and the dogs are going to be a worthy component to test that muscle against. Well, we actually lost our last game against the Bulldogs. The 36 to nil drubbing was in 2016, uh, but uh, last time they actually beat us 27 points to 10. Yeah, I was on the hill at that one, That's live right. from the fortress. So there's a lot of there's a bit of redemption to be made up in this one. On the on this preview, I, there's been a lot of talk about has Tamari Martin settled into the fullback role, considering the off season of dramas with Lachlan Coote going to St Helens, Ben Barber and being having a good sacked. game there too, having some good oh, games. He's he's the crowd favourite <laughs> over is. there, isn't he, Cootie? Is. Hopefully you're listening here, mate. We wish you were back. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Ben Barber being, uh, what's the word, dismissed. Um, Dishonour will be discharged, you could probably call it, on this Anzac Day long weekend. Then we got Kahu to fill in at the fullback role. He's then been played to centres. Now you've got Martin at fullback. He's been a bit hot and cold, and people are asking what's happened to Zach Santo. Now, Zach Santo's playing in the Blackhawks, and he's... A fan favourite of mine. I wish um, Greeny actually saw a bit in him and actually gave him a starting run because he is a, a qualified first grade player. Uh, if Martin doesn't perform, Robs, what's your thoughts on Zach Santo being promoted from the Blackhawks team into the custodianship? I, well, I, no- I don't object to putting Santo in and giving him a run. Uh, I probably wouldn't do it this week. No. Because we've got that winning. You want, to, you want to keep that winning momentum going if, if we can. If things start to, turning pear-shaped again, I wouldn't object to putting Santo in and giving him a run. Yep. Whether or not you'd probably actually maybe play him off the bench and keep Martin in the starting role and then bring Santo on for a 20-minute period here and there. I, maybe. I, I don't, or 10 minutes either side of the half. I don't know because Santo's a, a formidable fullback. And you've already got a bench base tied up with someone like Baptiste. You don't want sort of two backs. Considering you're also going to have Talmanay to come back, which will 
shift either Asiata back to the bench or even even a Cooper back to the bench and play an Asiata still at lock and have a Chalmalolo in a second row sort of gig, that's all headaches for, for the coach to shuffle. I think, personally, if Tamari... And look, he is, he is fine on his feet at one, but there's drop ball and there's missed tackles. There's also been great tackles that he's been taking and, and, great, not, and great bombs that he's been taking. It's not but, for lack of effort. No, that's true. He's yeah. just missing. I think under, under pressure, he's, he feels it and seems to crack a little bit under pressure. Yeah. And mistakes at key points where you just... It, you shake your head. Shake your head <laughs> in the hands. And then my phone but... starts vibrating. Yeah. Going, Why is Martin still our fallback? And you go, well, hang on a minute. He's actually... I don't mind Martin at one. I think that's his best position in the team. I don't think he's uh, a half, and I don't think he's suited to a bench role utility. So I think personally... One would be his spot, maybe a centre position, but we've got an abundance of backs. So to to lay it on, I think that in the ensuing weeks, if Cowboys keep winning, but if Tamari has a couple of bad games, I would not be surprised if you saw someone like a Zed Santo coming into the squad. There'd be worse choices. Yeah. For sure. But who knows with Greeny, he tends to have a loyalty um, fix. Mm. Tends to stick with the same team regardless, and you, you sort of do wonder why at times. But you can it has paid off in the past. You but can understand the pick-and-stick mentality. To a point. To a point. Well, look, head-to-head against uh, the, the Bulldogs, the Cowboys' win percentage is only at 40%, but at ANZ Stadium, it's, it's actually 57% being four games to three. They've only actually played them seven times at ANZ ANZ, Stadium over the last 20-odd years or 25-odd years. So, Why would that be? Probably don't travel to Sydney or they might only play the Bulldogs once a year. Could be up at North Queensland or Belmore. Belmore more often. I think we actually do play them at Belmore more often than ANZ. Yeah. Uh, three of the past four matches, um, and I'm pulling this straight from the Fox Sports website, but three of the past four matches have been decided by 16 points or more. Which wow. is sort of an interesting start, especially if you uh, happen to be, you know, tempting Satan well, and running down to the bookies this weekend. That's that's an interesting um, well, well, a friend of mine, Eric, we always go 13 to 18 as the margin. Mm. And when it comes off... It's amazing when it doesn't. Oh well, whatever. <laughs> but when it comes off and you don't have a little bit of Satan spire <laughs> on it, you curse yourself. Uh, I would not be surprised though. Thirteen to eighteen, not this week. I think you're going to be looking at something like a nineteen or twenty-four plus. Really? Cowboys. Well, another little uh, stat from the Fox Sports. Uh, lab, the Cowboys have failed to score over 17 points in their past five matches. Well. Last week being 17 exactly. History's about to change. <laughs> and Canterbury has lost the last three games as the home team at ANZ Stadium. I'm liking how all these stats are lining up, actually. You are the David Middleton of... I'm- on the ranch. I'm just reading it straight from the Fox Sports website, so full a credit magician to them. never tells their secrets, Rob, and you have just led with your chin on that. Well, one. that's why I am not a magician. To one. Here goes Morgan taking the line on. 
Oh, it's come forward off a Cowboys player and gone dead penalty to the Cowboys. Into the news. Well, I don't know if we should even talk about this, but because it's been talked about everywhere, ad nauseum. Every outlet, every back page, every oh, forum. Phil Gould's exit from the Panthers. Is this Days of Our Lives NRL version? I, I don't know what's happening out there at the foot of the mountains, live from the Cumberland Plain. Gouldy came in to save the club. Which I think he's done a really good job. He has. He's, he's done he's a fantastic really, he's, job. You know, he's got a juniors program going. They've put, you know, he's a lot of people don't like Gould. I mean, a lot of Queenslanders, for that matter. And and you listen to him commentate at times, and you think, yeah, I actually do like Phil Gould. I think he's very, very smart. He's very opinionated, but he's got a really good agenda and point. So he's he's built up the Panthers. They've then sacked Cleary. <laughs> they then rehired Cleary. Gould's gone after four months. Is it a Cleary Gould thing, or is it just? No, I think it all stems from upper management, uh, CEO, that sort of area. Does this though, with Gould's exit from the Panthers, which what I'm about to say, I'm actually a very big push and fan for. If Todd Greenberg. And there's a lot of issues off field. If things don't start going in line, I'd love to see Phil Gould take ownership and control the NRL. I think with his nature, his presence, his ideas, as I said, he's a very smart, intelligent person when he's talking. I know there's going to be a few fans out there and a few people that'll be questioning my views on this. (laughs) And I know I'm going to get a few text messages. (laughs) But put aside the New South Wales versus Queensland agenda, he's actually a really, really good stature of the game. And I think moving forward, someone like Phil in charge will create that no-nonsense, no-policy line where the game will only get better and stronger from him being in charge. The question there, I actually 100% agree with you. Behind the scenes, he is, he's is he got a footy brain that is, I wouldn't say unmatched, but it's certainly mm. up there with, with a lot of the others. I actually listened to his Six Tackles with Gus podcast, which unfortunately it's put out by the same media mob as I think Fox Sports. Actually, no, it'd be Channel 9. But so it has a sort of Channel 9's agenda yep. behind it, which is, it is what it is. The left. <laughs> but it is... Uh, <laughs> that aside, and you can't take a lot from that, I think his whole involvement with the Panthers was skewed. And obviously, he told a lot of stories. Mm. So his involvement with the Panthers was skewed by the media. Yeah. And it five. is clouded by his commentary, which is not the best. Yeah. He had a five-year plan, a seven-year plan, now a nine-year plan. You still have one a premiership. The thing is, he has has made that club. His five-year plan wasn't to do with winning premierships. While it may have come across that that was the case and to turn the Panthers into a powerhouse on the field, I think his five-year plan and whether or not he communicated it properly or the media went with it the wrong way, but I think his five-year plan was to pull that club out of the hole that it was in. I think if you have a look five years ago, where the Panthers were situated... Nine years ago now, I think it was. Well, either way, yeah, Yeah. he's been there a while. 
I think you'll find before Phil took into that club or and, and become the, the head figure, I don't recall them really featuring much in finals. If they were, they might have scraped into an eighth and out first week. I don't recall them really being that Panther powerhouse that we used to know in the early 2000s and, and, and 90s for that matter. Since he's been involved, there's been all this talk about Panthers and there's all been this talk about, and not only talk, but there's also been results since he's been there where the Panthers have finished top four, top eights, um, prelim finalists, semi-final, like they've been... They've been there or they've been there, been. been there there or thereabouts, and it's only been a bounce of a ball or a, or a knock-on or a forward pass that has stopped them making the big dance for that matter. So, I think a lot of that probably stems from the junior programs he's put in place, which are now his players, junior Panthers players, are all over the, the competition. Yeah. Yeah. Names like... Harawira Nira? Did he come through Harawira there? Harawira Nira. Harawira Nira. The alphabet boys, the Wazesniaks. The, uh, <laughs> the two dads of the <laughs> of the foothills. They're, they're everywhere now. And, yeah. they, and they, I believe most of those came through the Panthers Junior programs. Mm. So, so you've got first class quality players now coming out of Panthers who you never would mm. have heard of 10 years ago so it's sort of I don't know look you know, for, for what he's done there yep he's exiting we'll move on from that I can't see him taking on the head head role though from, from I, Greenberg I don't, I I don't think, think Greenberg's probably contracted for another year or oh, so probably but I don't think Gould would want that either he's, he's shied away from the origin coaching yeah. side Gould always said though with coaching origin he didn't want to do it with the board and he also has media commitments and stuff I think if he was to become the head notch, obviously he's getting paid more. Uh, it would free up, I wouldn't free up his time as such, but he wouldn't have to commentate or whatnot. It would let him focus and set what would be right. And I think there's only a handful of, of um, figures in the game that can take on that role. If, for that matter, if Greenberg does fail, I think Todd's doing an all right job, but... He's getting let down by um, by players, uh, and then at the end, everything rests on Greenberg, and they sack him. I think Phil would not look out of place running the running the NRL. I also wonder what Gould's media contract has running on it, mm. and whether or not that would affect his decision to deci- maybe decision and ability to take on the the yeah. the top role because you can't you probably can't have the top role in the NRL also being contracted to Channel 9. And making your opinions on games where yeah. it's no secret that, yes, he has a Panthers affair and he's a Roosters affair, but I think he's a smart enough person to be a middle middle man at the same time. Mm, be interesting to see. Look, anyway, that's that's the Phil Gould story. That's probably enough for us to say about it. Love him, love him or hate him, that seems to be how he is. He's certainly mm. polarising. Uh, he's definitely a character of the game and he's not going anywhere soon. We're, we're not getting rid of him, put it that way. On the other hand, Todd Greenberg, I don't know if anyone else saw this. Uh, it was the Jack DeBellin case. He actually got That's up. still going. Oh, it's never ending. He got up on the stands, stood in the stand, whatever it was, and he told this story about how his daughter plays women's touch 
Right. And how apparently her and her friends are turning away from the game due to player behavior. That was right. now this and, and this was his driving force behind the decision to implement the no fault stand down rule, mm-hmm. which effectively says guilty or not, it, it prosecutes and yeah. that's that that's the whole debellin defence. Yeah. And the reason it's in the court. It, it's it's a grey touchy area. Um I don't know if it's that grey. I don't th- I yeah. person personally look it, whether, it, it's whether, always been that innocent till proven guilty. But, now, and the thing is whether or not Jack DeBellin is correct or not, I don't believe he should be stood down nah. until it is known because if he's innocent Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you. I think I think what's happened here is a combination of ten years, fifteen years since twenty year old kids have become paid high Paying professional athletes millions of dollars, damn like, them all. When time. I when I was twenty years old, I had a first year apprenticeship. I was making two hundred and sixteen bucks a week, half the tax. <laughs> you had to walk both uphill, uphill both ways both to get ways. to work. <laughs> Got in one, the snow, one drink break a day in the snow, <laughs> one toilet yeah. break, and then wasn't in the snow. It was in the arid desert. Um, one toilet break a day and you got maybe a slice of bread if you were lucky before you got home and your dad beat you half to death. <laughs> Nowadays, a 20-year-old kid is being paid to treat his body like a temple, training, being looked like a Greek Adonis to play an 80-minute game at something like a minimum, I think, contracts 100, 150 grand a year. So if that's if you're in the starting lineup. So that's a massive... Difference from my take-home wage of something like ten grand a year to two hundred and fifty or hundred and fifty, even a hundred. It's a lot of money to deal with. So I think you're fine for a young fella. So with this Jack DeBellin, you're getting all these kids that think they're ten foot tall and bulletproof. And remember, when you're eighteen to twenty, twenty-one, of course you're going to do stupid things. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Now turning thirty-six. Forty-one. What of it? In a week. <laughs> In a week. <laughs> um, you, you're going to have reckless behavior and you're going to have money to splurge and oh, whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm a footy player, I'm untouchable. I think what Greenberg's doing now is a line in the sand. Yeah, he, uh, he's drawn a and, line in the sand. And that but- innocent till proven guilty thing, that's out the window. You stuff up and play up on my watch. I'm trying to make the code great because it's no secret. There's been players, people are looking away. I think, you know, like preaching in the stands about his daughter's family turning away is garbage. Something. It's, it's garbage. It's garbage. But, but stats say completely but, the opposite. But when you, look at, when you look at it at the end of the day, sponsorship, and it's their money that's paying a, a massive pay bill. Now, workforce and everything there's not so much expendable money to pay cowboys are lucky they've had toyota on board since 03 i think if you look at a lot of other clubs i think the sharks have had about 12 different sponsors in 15 years um manly's the same they were delmagee they had casper sky they've had bloody a few others i can't remember off the top of my head titans or Parramatta basically sponsored themselves yeah titans had a couple and that's fallen through like so we're like, Cowboys are lucky that they've had Toyota on board, and I think you look at the Toyota, uh, not the Toyota, the Cowboys symbol. You don't living in the town like you're going to read in the papers, but you don't see too much unrest among the players. Whether or not there's a 
a thing that gets swiped under the rug. I'm not, not 100% sure. Not anymore. But we tend to deal with it quickly as well. That's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, that's you know, the Players thing. like... And people might wonder where Gideon Gillam Mosby and why he's not mm. not getting a run on. He's a little bit of a loose cannon outside of the game. A speedster, a great player, but off field. He's, he's had a couple indiscretions here. So right? why are we rewarding him with a first grade spot? Well, that's, that's probably that's probably the reason. So I understand where Greenberg's coming from with this DeBellin case in the fact that we've we've had enough of I don't want to swear on this, but we've had enough of <laughs> behaviour from players that think that they're bulletproof and are untouchable. So if you play up, you're on the sides until you're caught case. I know that sounds stupid and <laughs> for the player. Understood, but I think he's, A, drawn the line in the sand a little too far. Yeah, I think the line in the sand is a bit too he's far. He's pushed it out too far. Yeah. And B, I think he's picked the wrong player to make an example of. Yeah. I, I don't know if Jack DeBellin's innocent well but he's the claiming way, he is the yeah. way he is fighting this is very mm. very mm. it leans towards him being that way so it's just you would think like if he which knew, then can turn out with egg on your face and yeah. so if they had a strong case against him and he yeah. knew that he was he would not fight i wouldn't think he would fight it like this it i yeah. don't know he's throwing a lot of money at yeah at, and again that's because he's young and he's got a lot of money but I don't know and whether if you he's... want to clear your name and you know you're in the right, you're going to do it. I think so, and I think yeah. And so yeah, by by doing this, I I sort of agree with Greenberg, but I don't agree with the person he's made the example out of. When you've still got someone like, and I know it's a playing, it's playing the same record on repeat, Matt Lodge, who we know has done bad stuff overseas and then got rewarded with a contract allowed back in still playing Russell Packer Russell Packer did his time in jail he he did his service true, you true, know he did his true. service I'm, I'm I'm all for that I'm yep. all for, I'm all for born again that's 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 not the issue it's when you constantly when you haven't served that's right when, when you, you haven't, haven't served yeah, yeah your time your punishment and you're back playing, you're being rewarded, and their excuse is the only way he can afford to pay it off is by having a... Football is his best therapy and things like this. Well, hang on a minute. His best therapy is also getting off the drink, getting off the gamble, getting off the disco biscuits, and focusing on what he actually wants to achieve. There's a million other other 18-year-olds... We could we could rat on Matt Lodge all day. Yeah, there's a million other 18-year-olds 18 out there that would love a shot at even just being in a train-on squad. And as much as I'd love to rip on more Broncos, because that is one of my <laughs> favourite pastimes. But that's but, the news. That's, but that's, mo- moving on, just, moving in, on. just in other news as well around the ground, it was just a, uh, a good sight to see Bankwest Stadium <laughs> uh, in full flight. The, the new um, Westie... Stadium with the facelift that they've done out there. I think Tigers are going to play a few games out there. I think even the West Sydney Wanderers from the A League. And I would not be adverse to see more games being played out there. Not to do away with Park Footy. I think you still need the likes of Leichhardt Oval. I think you still need Brook Valley. You still need Campbelltown Sports, all that sort of places. But I'd love to see more games go there than to A and Z. I don't. Disagree with that? You know, I no think at all. 
looking at the stadium, it's a good. It looks like good facilities. It, it's new. It's it's only a twenty eight thirty thousand seat stadium, so that's perfect. How boring is it watching at A and Z? And you'll see it tomorrow, Cowboys versus Bulldogs, with 18,000 people in the stands. I think you'd be lucky to get 18,000. Oh, yeah, if that. You might have 10,000. I was going to say 8,000 yeah, at you, best. And, you, and you, it'll look like an empty graveyard. Yet if you had 8,000 or 10,000 at Bankwest, or Belmore for that matter, I think that's where it'll, it'll start thriving a bit more. Don't do away with Belmore. Don't do away with Leichhardt, Campbelltown. They all serve park footy games. They're still, they're still an important part for those clubs. But I'd like to see more games at the Bank West instead of the likes of ANZ, unless if it's Origin or a Grand Final. Or well, being like being a new stadium too, you want to make make use of it for mm. obvious reasons, and probably the more games we can take away from the SCG because I, I don't, mm. that's just silly. That's well, they're playing there because I think it's Allianz or the SFS is getting an upgrade. Yeah, so. and that's a whole different debate in and of itself. But yeah, anyway, I th- why not just relocate all the SCG games out to out to Bankwest, Bankwest for the time being? I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a culture in Sydney that I'm not aware of. They don't like doing that. Who knows? It is Bankwest. It's not a W where the B is and the <laughs> B where the W is. I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That joke's been done and dusted <laughs> one or two times. Here's Morgan's kick. It's measured nicely. Oh, how good was that? Is that a goal from, from David Pusatua? Into the Q Cup games. And two weeks ago, we better, we better just qu- I'll just quickly cover the, the results from a couple of weeks ago just because we didn't uh, touch on it last week. Or well, because we didn't have a podcast We, at we all didn't last have it week, last but, week, uh, did we? No. No, Jack Mansky Oval was host uh, to the Blackhawks v Dolphins game, where the Blackhawks came away thirty-six to six. What a drumming! Absolutely beautiful display there, with tries to Tuilagi, Justin O'Neill. That was before he got uh, before he got back and recalled into the A grade squad. Actually, he uh, scored a double in the thirty-fifth and the seventy-first minute to Justin O'Neill. Chris Freeman, Tom Opechik, and Tom Gilbert all scored in that game. For the Blackhawks with uh, Khalifa Fifi Lower and Levi Dodd uh, knocking over the conversions there and two penalty goals to Levi Dodd. The, uh, the Dolphins try came from Jordan Grant and the conversion from Bryce Donovan. Uh, and the other game on the Saturday, the Pride hosted the Magpies at Barlow Park. Bit of a bit of a nail biter that one. Uh, went down. Pride going down twelve points to sixteen. And the Mackay Cutters hosted the Seagulls at BB Prince Stadium at the same time and went down 12 points to 14. Yeah, another, another one. No good results the week before. Last week, however, however last week was uh, actually worse. The Mackay Cutters hosting the Burley Bears and going down, this is last Thursday, uh, Clearly going, not a Thursday night team, the Cutters. No, going down 24 points to 10 to the Burley Bears. So not a great uh, game there. The Northern Pride at Barlow Park don't seem to be going too well at home. Going down to the Seagulls, 26 points to 18. Who are our try scorers in that Pride game there, Robs? Tries there came to Stephen Tatipata. Right. Jack Murphy and Peter Holler. And my boy, the Prince of Tonga. Conversions to Braden Torpy, three from three. 
The Blackhawks went away to Bishop Park to play the Devils last Saturday and went down 22 points to 10 as well. Not exactly the ideal round of uh, rugby league in this game. Not too great. The tries in that game came to uh, Tom Gilbert in the 24th minute and Khalifa Fai Loa. Fai Who's... Uh, Seems to be figuring a lot of them, certainly. Would he be knocking his... on the doors for a rerun, do you think? Or I, is he past there's it? Probably a few players ahead of him there, but Yeah. I I think we'd have to get through his through some of the roster. He's not named in the extended. Yeah. He's not right. part of the top thirty. So I think there would have to be some registration juggling to get him in there. So if the Cowboys were to go on, say, a six game winning streak and a few injuries happened elsewhere and you found out that the Origin team had 15 of the 17 Cowboys players in it. With that week, would Fi-Fi then get a run, do you think? Or? No, I still don't think he would. Oh, jeez. <laughs> don't rate the Fi-Fi. It's not that I don't rate him. I just don't. I think there's a, an abundance, an abundance of, 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 of talent ahead of him. Yeah. One namely, Zach Santo. <laughs> yes. This week sees the Blackhawks host the Capras at Jack Mansky Oval on Saturday. I'm actually thinking of going to this. I'll be actually in the Burdekin this uh this uh that on for that game. I'm involved in um in the what they call the Cane Cutters uh cricket carnival. It's actually the Eugene Pagotto. Memorial Cane, uh, Canefield Ashes. So uh, for those that aren't looking at going to the Blackhawks game at 4pm on Saturday and you feel like getting out and adventurous, I know that Victorious Secret, yes, Victorious Secret, are uh, playing a 7.45am game followed up by, I think, a 3pm game down in the Burdekin in some 2020 cricket. All proceeds will be uh, going to the to a good cause. It's a, it's a charity fundraiser, and it's the 15th annual instalment of the uh, of the Eugene Pagotto Memorial Canefield Ashes. So for those that may not be going to the game, by all means, travel 88 kilometres as the crow flies south. As the crow flies. <laughs> Interestingly enough, you could probably get to a game there and then get out to Jack Mansky. You could. You could come down, watch the watch us watch us have a run around and uh head on back up to the to Jack Mansky. Take the kids down, have lunch at the commercial tavern in there, they'd do a great feed. Uh you almost just just to interrupt, you almost had me at Victoria's Secret there. I thought there might be some kind of display. <laughs> and no. I'm not talking cricket. No, no, that's Victoria's Secret. Oh, as in victorious. Yeah, we're victorious. Right. Like as in winners. winners. Yeah, winning, like winners. So yeah. you've got the winning secret. We're like winner's secret. Not, yeah. not underwear and lingerie. So like winner and secret is, is like a story not told. Right. So like we're winners untold, so to speak. So you're not telling people how you're winning. So Basically. So effectively yeah. you've got two sets of books. Moving on. <laughs> The Mackay Cutters, uh, probably, well, it's going to be a challenge for them. They're headed down to the Sun, uh, to Sunshine Coast Stadium to take on the Ladder Leaders Falcons 
on uh, Saturday afternoon at 5pm. They're putting up a good show, the Falcons. I've got a bit of a soft spot for the Falcons, although I'm a North Queensland boy, but I'm definitely going the cutters in this game. But I don't at all because the Falcons are the storm feeder club. So Yeah, uh, I know, uh, but putting that aside, um, <laughs> like I said, i got family down on the sunny coast and they sort of go to a few of these games and... Uh, like I said, they do a they do a really good show. There was that double header the other week with um, South playing Warriors on the sunny coast, and Falcons were playing the lead up game to it. And you know that was it was an absolute turnout, one to delight. Well, travelling a little bit further south, the Northern Pride are heading all the way down to Suncorp Stadium to take on the Devils in what looks to be the uh, opening match for the. I was going to say, why are the they, why are they playing on a Sunday at Suncorp? But don't, don't Broncos play? Oh, Anzac Day. That's why Broncos aren't playing on Thursday. Good point. Good point. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. But that makes absolute sense. So best of luck to the Pride down there. That will be a bit of a challenge. Although it must be good to run out on the Suncorp oh. Stadium. Not, in, not in, too in many the, of these. In the lead yeah. up to. Uh, in, into a lead up of a, of a Bronco Sharks game. Not too many of those players would get that experience to run out onto those sort of those sort of grounds. Well, Sean Sean Bowen for the for the Pride is running out. There's another Bowen to run out on the Suncorp Stadium and carve them up. So hopefully he has a good game. You're right though. There's not probably not too many others. Gehamat Shibasaki is playing for the Devils. Wow! So he's probably has a bit of experience there running out on the Suncorp Stadium. And Sean O'Sullivan, he's had a game for them. He's he hasn't played for the Broncos yet, and you I sure? still don't. I don't think I've I've seen him named in the extended bench, but I don't think I've seen him take the field, uh, not this year anyway. And it's it's got me buggered as to know why. With all the talk about their halves, why wouldn't you give someone a crack? Well, who knows what's going on in Seabolt Head. I think actually, the, just as a completely aside, the Rabbitohs going so well <laughs> and the uh, Broncos going so poorly. I have a feeling, though, the Rabbitohs are going well because they've got the Seabold coaching structure structure with all that talent that's in the Rabbitohs. With a Wayne Bennett head. And now Bennett's come in and Bennett has... And Bennett knew he was leaving. And and he knew what he was coming into, but he he knows how to get the best out of players. Mm. I think Seabold might have had it a little easy at the Rabbits. There was a a wealth of talent there. Yeah. The Broncos, not so much. I, I don't, I don't see it. And that's because I hate the Broncos, but I don't see the talent there that's at the rabbits, and it's funny to see. It, I, I don't think see, it's going to take a lot longer for the Seabold to well, get. Well, he's got five years there. He does. Um, well, it, it's funny like that. Like it, when, when you see someone like, let's say, Greeny coming into the Cowboys in 14 and going to a semi final and winning a comp the next year, was Greeny the best coach we've had, or did he have a team at their prime of Tamo? Scott, Granville, Thurston, Coote, O'Neill, Cooper, Cooper, Linnett, Linnett, Lowe, Tamalolo, Cost Jason, absolutely, Asiata, at their prime. There, there is that. There is that uh, way of looking at it as well. So did did Henry? Did Henry? Did Henry mold these players? Him. And Greeny got it. 
Took it and ran with it. Mm. Took it and ran. That's the other thing, because you've seen over the time, but I think we're on the upward climb again. Well, 2016, we still made the finals. Yeah. We only bundled out. Was it mm. by the Sharks? In a prelim for yeah, that matter as well. And the reigning premiers. And the reigning. They end up winning. Mm. 2017 grand final. Yeah. It's only now since JT left. <laughs> and, yeah. And there's been, had to be a complete reshuffle of yeah. the squad. Mm. Plus various other factors that we don't know about that probably happened in the sheds. But, but, but the help is, is that Greeny's been there since 14. Mm. So he's had mm. that time where Seabold's jumped into a the old cliche head first in a shallow end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good luck to him. Not too much luck, by the way. No. I got nothing against Seabold. It's all against the Broncos. I think there's more issues there going from what um some of the old Broncos old boys have been saying. Yeah. I think yeah. they had a I heard they had a they had an a, old boys an old boys invitational. Then four out of them four, all rocked up. I think Ca- Carol and was yeah. one of the only. <laughs> now, look, I'm not I'm not a part of professional sport. Don't get me wrong, but if someone's saying, "Come on in," it's a free for all. Stick as many golds down your throat as you can. Wouldn't and, you be front and center? Well, and catch up with the and catch up with you know old old friends, old teammates, pastimes, new store walks. and a club that you has mm. spent a lot of your career in mm-hmm. that effectively made you like come back and to, for that to be effectively boycotted. There's something going something's, on. Something's not right there. A lot of people not happy with the top. The Cowboys as Harris Devita handles to Ivasa Shinko. See you later. See you later. Frame that one. How good was that from Tuivasa Shinko? Oh, wow. Switching to uh, AFL, just a quick look. The uh, Yeah. The Brisbane Lions are yeah. not... not yeah. What were you going for, 22? We were going for 22 because there's, there's 23 rounds and there's a buy, so there's 22 games in mm. the season. Mm. And we we're going for 22. You were. We were going for 22 straight, <laughs> especially after round three. So when are you going to start that run? Because so yeah. the Lions went down to the Bombers two weeks ago. I'm aware. Uh, 120, 112 points to 65. I don't think we need to be talking about this at the moment. I mean, we're just we're just touching on it. And then last week, uh, well... In a sellout stadium at, at the home, Gabba. At yeah, home. against Magpies of all teams. 123 points to 61. Holy... Yeah, I, I do recall a text off you saying... <laughs> now, that's not something I Now, what's 61 times 2, Peter? <laughs> and I said it's 122. Oh, oh, was the response as a as a bit of a contrast? The, uh, <laughs> the West Coast <laughs> Eagles uh, managed to knock over the Fremantle Dockers a couple of weeks ago, sixty nine <laughs> points to fifty six. A little bit scary there towards the end. The if uh, the Dockers kick straight, they kick like thirty eight behind. They did if they had if, well, but they can't. They couldn't kick straight, and it's what you do on the day, isn't it? <laughs> You're only as good as your last kick. Unfortunately. <laughs> The mighty West Coast Eagles, the reigning premiers, I might add, 
could not capitulate. Well, they did capitulate against the uh, the Port Adelaide Power going down 53 points to 95. So moving on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you'll find in round three, the Lions beat the Power quite convincingly. And we beat you in and round the, one. So and we're uh, still I think in round three, dog. West Coast beat Collingwood in Melbourne. And uh, well, look, you know. Moving, moving on, moving on to other sports. Lions taking on the Suns, the local derby. The Q Clash, the Queensland Q Clash, Clash. Seventeen this this Saturday. Live from Metricon. It is at Metricon. That'll be an interesting game, but I, you know, I'd probably. I'd like to see a lot of the old boys come out for this game. You know, Newcastle always do like an old boys' day down there at Marathon. I'd like to see an old boys' day where you see the Lions. I mean, I know the Suns are only a young sort of team. They probably don't have any old boys. But for this sort of this sort of clash, I'd like to see the likes of Akamanas, Fossey, Marcus Ashcroft, Sean Hart, Craig Lambert, Roger Merritt, just lining it out to say, you know, welcome to Q Clash 17. Sort what of is thing. Akamanas doing these days? I think Maybe he, made, he made a lot out of his playing days and media commitments. I don't think he has to work again. Oh, good on him. He's my favourite player of all time, Acker. That I love does that not guy. surprise me in the least. He was a genius. This Sunday, uh, my boys at West Coast are travelling down to Cardinia Park to take on mm. the Geelong Cats, which is the going table to be, toppers. That is a, that is going to be an interesting game. Uh, I'm going for your boys this week. I hope you are. I just don't want to see Geelong get out to too much of a lead. Well, they're up the top there with St Kilda and Richmond. Yeah, but look at my boys. They're sitting on 10th on 12th. One win, Geelong lose. We're back up top, baby. Well, if we beat Geelong, we'll be up there with you. It's funny how West Coast, (laughs) Brisbane, (laughs) 9th and 10th. (laughs) God damn. (laughs) Hey, we don't want to peak too early. We don't want to do a a Melbourne Storm and peak too early. I want to see the Storm, Roosters, Geelong all do a fall from grace. (laughs) I wouldn't object to that. In motorsport, Daniel Ricciardo, he's landed his first points with uh, with Renault at the Chinese Grand Prix. Came home in that seventh. $48 million contract is now paying for itself. Well, well speculation. Uh, <laughs> he came home in seventh place behind the Mercedes, the Ferraris and the Red Bulls, who all managed to finish. But it's in the points and it's a good sign. It is. Uh, so he's effectively, I hate to say it, the best of the rest. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's some more, there's obviously think, a lot more development work in the Renault to come. So. I think someone like Ricardo, though, he's not, he's definitely a top six to top five driver. You know how you got people sort of making up the numbers and they'll, and they'll get better. I think Jensen Button's a classic case of someone that had all the talent but didn't advance. We didn't have the car. Didn't have the car. Had the skills. Didn't quite have the car. I don't think he had the mindset. Well, it's like Alon- Alonso and McLaren. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, because McLaren was is my traditional team. Well, going, that's why I like, going way back. That's why I like Hamilton because he yeah. McLaren Mercedes and then they split. So. Yeah, but that's I can't go with Mercedes. But, yeah, uh, but I think to be I behind think, the Mercedes, which is a class above. So I wouldn't. But but moving back, I wouldn't say Ricardo's the best of the rest because Ricardo's still a top five driver. Oh, for sure. Anyway, yeah. So hopefully, with a few points and a bit of money into Renault, he'll only achieve. They'll, they'll only get better. Well, he can. Yeah, yeah, for sure. With 
it's it's a, it's funny how the likes of Charles Char Leclerc <laughs> in the Ferrari, he immediately jumps into a Ferrari, and mm. I, he is a talented kid, obviously, but suddenly he's I mean he's just quicker than everybody. Yeah, but, you know he's up there up the top, and the, the same with uh, Gasly in the in the I Red watched, Bull. I watched a race many moons ago in Schumacher back when he was still running in in, in his prime. And he got a he got a drive through penalty. He had to start at the very end. I think he was twenty third on pole because someone pulled out. On the last lap, he went past two drivers and made third position from twenty third. That just goes to show you that it was it the car or the driver or a combination of both. A bit of both there. I mean, he had he he always had good equipment under him, Schumacher. But I think he. But he's jumped in all kinds of cars and just brained. and just blitzed it anyway. Yeah, it's probably a bad turn, but he brained everybody. <laughs> uh, they're off to Azerbaijan this weekend in Baku, the city of Baku. You have any idea where that is, Pete? Baku, absolutely. It's out in the Middle East. <laughs> it is in the. While it is in the Middle East, it borders Russia. Yeah, near Kazakhstan. No. Are Not you really. Sure? I, I looked this up this morning because I wasn't one hundred percent where it was, but it borders Iran. It's on the Caspian Sea. You oh, know, it's, really? It's actually a, a the fires of Kuwait. It's on the coast. I had a look at some uh, Google Maps images because I I haven't had the pleasure of visiting Baku myself. It's quite a nice looking town. I mean, there's a lot of money in that area. What would you say from where you say it is on the Caspian? Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. Mm. Where would you say Townsville to here? As the crow flies. As the crow flies. Which be through the earth? I don't know. It's probably about... wouldn't be through the... You can't... A crow doesn't fly no, through the earth. That's a direct line, which is what it... As the crow flies. Anyway, you're probably looking at 13 odd thousand k's. I don't know. It'd be a long... Ooh, it's a long flight. That's closer than I was thinking. I thought it was about nine. I What's the world? Twenty. It's about 24,000 k's around the it's earth. it's about 30,000. Was it? I could be wrong. This is why we do a sports yeah. podcast and not a... Our listeners are our best researchers out there. <laughs> so for anyone still tuning in, uh, feel free to drop a comment on how big the earth is. And as the crow flies from Townsville, latitude 19.1 degree. 19.6, man. 19.6 degree, I've just and corrected, uh, <laughs> to... Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. Uh, anyway. Yeah, if you can uh, tune in and send us a comment and put in the link, we'd be very interested to know that. Uh, well, you might win a prize for the first correct answer. Sounds good. So, <laughs> to cricket. Did you see Watson tee off? Oh, 94, wasn't 94, it? 96. 96. 53 balls, 9 fours, 6 sixes, 181% strike rate. They went on to win. Warner's 8th 50 in that game too. And then what I just yeah. went... <laughs> See you later. David who? And it's not like it was... Uh, those sixes were not small mm. sixes. They were three tiers up. They weren't. And I don't think they, they weren't on a Hertzville oval. That's no, for sure. So <laughs> they were not small hits. And Watson known for some big hits. Not quite the uh, Lynn Sanity, but uh, it yeah, was some big. Hits, the, 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 it's the IPL's really starting to edge in. Well, the I, Ch- the Chennai Super Kings now they're top of the ladder, top yeah. of the table. Where's with a game 
Where's Calcutta on that one? KKR, sixth. Mm. Having the Australians come into form at the right time. Yeah, the, except for Ashton Turner. Five ducks in a row. Oh, uh, yeah, but you know. And Chris Lynn's Calcutta Knight Riders sitting six on the ladder. Looking at it, there's still a chance at sneaking into the top four. So lot fingers, of game. fingers crossed for Linny. A lot of games to go. There's uh, runs until, actually, it's next week. The week after, Monday the 6th is the last round, and then it goes into the playoffs. So, so get on board, Calcutta. To golf, Tiger Woods. Back in the winner's circuit. Back in the winner's circuit. The green jacket. What happens with the green jacket? Can he wear that wherever he wants? I think it's his. For life. He gets to keep it. It's like a trophy. Oh, so it's not like you have to give it back after each I year honestly or... have no idea I'm making it up as I go along, but I can't imagine it would be something that you hand from person to person. Like, where do they put the perpetual... Yeah, and how do you tailor do they it? they inscribe yeah. it on each one? And it just happens. It, it fits very well. Mm. So they've got to have a couple of sizes. Yeah. On hand. I might do anything can fit. But you could just buy a bigger than normal one and one size fits all unless if you're something like Jason Day or Ernie Els or someone like that. And, and Jesus, how are we going to fit this big monster into this bloody thing? But yeah, Woodsy. What's he got? He's three more PGAs to um, get to Jack Nicholson's 18 of all time. Jack Nicholas? Jack Nicholas, not Jack Nicholson. Very, that very would just different be, person. Because that would just be a joker. Ba-dum. Ching. Oh, dear. Just outside the 40. Richie works two past the shift. It's not that on. Can you believe that? All right, hooking into the tips for NRL round seven, Anzac round. Anzac round, lest we forget. We are recording this on Anzac Day. We actually are, yes. Because uh, somebody has a medical, well, we call it a medical issue. Yeah, oh, the tooth is throbbing. <laughs> I wasn't available the other night, and uh, so, yep, we are working live on Anzac Day. We've uh, done the dawn service already. We've had a couple of rum and milks, and uh, moving onwards to the tips. So, this this evening, uh, we probably won't get this podcast out until tomorrow, so this is last night, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> depending on... Uh, depending yeah. on how you're tuning in. Depending on how I, how quickly I get this published this afternoon. I'm going to say a lot of time because it's been a bit of gibberer in this podcast already. That doesn't sound like something we would do. I don't think it is. No. So, <laughs> Roosters are hosting the Dragons at 4.05pm at the, at the Sydney Cricket Ground. So take your binoculars to this one. This is why it should be at Bankwest. It should be at Wankbest. Roosters, $1.42 favourites going into this game. For me, I've got the Dragons here by 10. I think that the Red V, on the verge of the winning streak that they've got, and they always rise for for an Anzac Day. I'm, I'm going the Red V. And for all of you wanting to have a punt on the Red V today as well, get your money on tails in the two-up ring. <laughs> well, certainly the odds are, I don't know if they're in your favour in that. I, <laughs> I wouldn't say that they would be. Uh, personally, I'm taking the Roosters here in a landslide. I think Ooh. they will take this one home. The $1.42 is certainly deserved. 
I can't even see any value in 295 for the Dragons, personally. I personally can. And that's why you are where you are on the tipping top. Yeah, well, this is what we call about the rise of the round. Okay, then. I think we've had one too many rounds. 7.50pm this evening, or last night, depending on when you're listening to it again, Amy <laughs> Park, The Storm, $1.12, hosting The Warriors at $6.67. Yeah. Do not, do not tip The Warriors. No. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You're doing it, aren't you? I am. Um, <laughs> oh, I I had tipped this before I saw RTS was ruled out. <laughs> uh, Blake Green's ruled out. However, beware the wounded warrior. I've got warriors to rise up about this. You've got Adam Blair. He's been copping a bit of flack. Rightly so. Yeah, I think you're going to see him do a 278 running meters game. I don't think you will. He's an ex-Broncos. He's an ex-Storm, and he wants to perform against his nah. former, former, former club. I've got Warriors to win this one. That's pretty sad. I'm taking... Aiona Atua. <laughs> I'm taking the Storm. Friday the 26th. 6 p.m. ANZ Stadium. We have, co- have of course, covered this. The Bulldogs hosting the Cowboys. I'm now seeing the Cowboys here as $1.89 favourites. So they should be. Well, they weren't earlier in the week, but they are now. Like a, uh, a bad dog that's done wrong, put him on the chain and chuck him under the mango tree. The dogs are in their kennel, not coming out. Cowboys to win and win well for our for and against. Well, I'm not being completely biased here, but I am tipping the Cowboys in this one based on last week's form and based on the Bulldogs. Do you believe you said never again? No, I said I am no longer tipping from the heart. I said I'm tipping from the head. And the Ah. head this week says that the Cowboys will bring this one home. They will carry a little momentum from last week. There is a little bit of heart in that, I have to admit. There's a lot of heart. <laughs> 7.55 p.m. out at Panthers Stadium. The Panthers are hosting the Rabbitohs. The Rabbits it, are going into this one, $1.66 favourites. What's it called? Is it Panther Stadium now? Panther Stadium. So it's no longer CUA? Apparently not. Ah, CUA sponsors the Brisbane Heat. Cool. Has no correspondence to that statement at all. None whatsoever. I can't imagine why Panther Stadium would have lost... Sponsorship? No. Uh, look, this is going to be a battle on the Cumberland Plain. It's a geographical location, live from the foot of the mountains. Sorry, what is the it? Three geographical right. location. Okay. Live from the foot of the mountains where the three sisters make birth. Panthers for mine. It's actually a fair distance between <laughs> But That's cool. It's probably closer... It's more like guidelines. It's probably closer from ANZ to Panther Stadium than it is from Panther Stadium to the Three Sisters. But that's cool. You're kidding yourself. The Blue Mountains. It's a long way in. The Three Sisters are a long way in. Yeah, but still west. Do I have to Google it? No. No? No, because you're wrong. Like, I know my geography. My mum's a Queenbian girl. You don't even know how to say it. here we go. Turn Saturday the 27th at Scully Park. West Where is Scully Park? Tamworth. 
Live from Tamworth, the country music festival folk capital of the world. Live from Tamworth, the Tigers have taken their game out there and dragged the Titans with them. Tigers Mm. going into this one, $1.68 favourites against $2.23. I'm thinking those odds are because Ryan James is out. Yeah, I've gone Titans in this one, but it's early to change the tip. I'm... Look, 51-6 to six is a bit of an anomaly. I don't think Maguire will let that happen again. Oh. I, yeah, I can't see them putting 51 points. No, Titans no, no, no. I, and and t- because Titans scored three of their tries last week off dropped ball. Can the Titans win three in a row? I think they can, but I don't think they will. I think the Tigers will kind of bounce back. Yeah, I've I've gone Titans as my original. I'm sticking with them. Titans for mine. Uh, I am going to stick with the Tigers here just because I want to tip differently to you. No, I actually think the Tigers will will go right out there. Suncorp Stadium. They're actually more Fibros anyway because they're Magpies. Western <laughs> Magpie Tigers. So they're True. the Fibros, especially out of Tamworth. They're going even further west. Yeah. Suncorp Stadium, 7.35pm on a Saturday, which will put the Broncos off, but they are hosting the Sharks. Hmm. $1.62 favourites for the Broncos. I, I don't know why. No no surprise with this tip. Sharks enter Sharks win well. Hopefully win well enough. I'm kind of torn. I, I'm not sure where the line is here, but I, I'm going to tip the Sharks, but I think that's my anti-Broncos head coming out. I think you'll find that Sean Johnson's just going to run right against a, an out-of-touch Bronco I th- I th- I, That's probably where you're going to see the difference in that Sean Johnson in the halves. Also, can for next week's episode, can we also put on a tally of how many times Darius Boyd gets beaten at fullback and puts his hands in the air making the symbol of the Y in the YMCA movie sound clip. I don't, I don't have enough fingers to count that. I'm going to go with three. Three? Is that all? Three. I think he's going to do his hands out three times in try-scoring positions. I'm all for the Sharks scoring about six tries in five, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> five minutes might be optimistic, but... If they can do it in 20, I'll be happy. I don't don't think it'll all be on Darius O'Six. Well, not all of them, but he will have his hands in the air for every single one. All right. Okay. So you're saying every try shark score, if they saw six, right? You're saying Darius' hands in the air six times. Darius' hands are in the air. Even when he's tying his shoelace. (laughs) (laughs) Not inaccurate. Sunday the 28th, out at... uh, Brookvale. Brookvale, not Lotto. Not Lotto Land. Well, it is Lotto Land. Okay, so the Manly Seagulls are hosting the Canberra Raiders. 2 p.m. game. Jeff Toon, pack your bags, get your horn, raise your hands in the air. The Viking clap wins again. 100% agree. Raiders. Raiders for mine. Raiders for yeah. mine as well. Trubovic still out? I don't think it would matter. It doesn't matter. I think the Raiders have got too much uh, talent across the park. Left and right. Oh, that, that clock stag. Jesus. They Great. bought him for a song. It's finally all starting to click for yeah. Ricky. They all laughed at Ricky last year. Now it's all coming through. 
And at 4.05 p.m. at Marathon, the Knights... That's right, it's the Marathon, it's not McDonald Giants. The Knights are hosting the Eels. The Eels going into this one, $1.68 favourites, probably based off last week's performance, although Newcastle... Newcastle's leaving got a the lo- cattle. Leaving a lot to be desired, aren't they? I've got, on good authority to believe at Newcastle, that the coach isn't coaching. He doesn't go on the field with the boys. He's not doing... He's more on his phone than anything. Probably could be why you're seeing the Knights in a slumber. But I think they're going to turn it around. I've got Newcastle to win this one. As as much as... Yeah, I get it. So there's, if you haven't got a coach... But there's still players. They, they, they're still... High quality players too, like like Mitchell Pearce it was the origin. Yeah, yeah. The origin you got the origin halfback there. You got Kalen Ponga, who's quite possibly he he'll be the origin fullback, injury free. I just can't see how they can be that bad. Anyway, look, but yeah, I look the Eels haven't done enough for me. I mean, yeah, they put fifty on, <laughs> but. They've put in some woeful performances. They started off all right. I mean, I know it's only early in the race, but I think the Knights have got to bounce back. I've, I've got Newcastle to win this one. Well, I'm not. I'm going to stick with the Eels because I can't see anything in the Knights to say, to, to, to have me leaning towards them in any situation. I think it'll be Eels the whole way. However, having said that, my tipping is very average, so... I wouldn't t- read too much into and, that. And don't follow me in the battle on my tips either. <laughs> unless it's unless round it's, one. Unless it's week one. Week yeah. one. Follow me in every day of the week <laughs> on week one. The first first battle of any war, follow pistol. After that. You're, you're on your own. Run the other way. You Find won. a matic and dig a trench. <laughs> Here comes the field goal from Morgan. He hasn't hit it well at all. But it's gone over. Well, he hit it like a mongrel, didn't he, really? The rotation on the ball doesn't matter now. Well, thanks for tuning into us this week. So uh, that's us. On the ranch. Uh, we do apologise for it being later in the week. We've had some uh, medical and technical issues, I guess you'd call them. And we've done as as, as best we can. And last week, obviously, yeah, uh, again, I, was, so, I was out of town. I do apologise for that one. But we are doing everything in our power to try and make this more consistent for you. Uh, we probably gibbered on a little bit too much this week. Uh, we put that down a little bit to it being a public holiday, and the other reason is the two large glasses of uh, Bundaberg. Oh, are we sponsored by Bundaberg yet? Why not? I'd say Mother's Milk. Mother's Milk that we are currently into at the moment. <laughs> so, uh, look. Thanks very much for tuning in. Uh, we are On The Ranch. You can find us at On The Spot on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at XRBob. Again, I, I don't post a whole lot on there, but when I do, it's, well, it's usually gibber as well. So as we sign off on this Anzac Day, I want to uh, say that I was at the dawn service earlier. It's always a great uh, great celebration we can't let this tradition die uh, it keeps getting bigger and bigger every year which is a good sight to see we've got a lot of heart and respect for our our fallen and our current that serve to protect us to allow us to sleep easy at night so uh, i'm signing off 
blessed week for you. Good evening. I've got to write it now. So I'm writer, producer, editor. No, look. Do you do anything? We're doing it differently this week. We're doing On the Ranch first. <laughs>